We don't, Father, simply want to learn information. We want to grow. We want to get deeper. We want to have a a more intimate relationship with you. And that happens, Father, when your spirit moves. So, Father, would you allow uh, your spirit uh, to go before us and that you would have your way during this worship time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I typically have a bandwidth that uh, can hold a lot of things. Um, if, you, if you know me, when a lot of stuff starts coming, I can, I can actually be pretty much all right usually. Like, like I can be talking to a friend on the phone about his struggles with his, with his girlfriend then as I hang up, realize, oh, man, we throwing a party, birthday party, ice cream and cake. In 30 minutes, we ain't got no ice cream. What? I jump out to go to the car to go get some ice cream. And then before I know it, uh, the kids and left all the lights on in the car and I need to jump. And I'm still usually pretty cool. My, my, my emotions don't usually get moved. But, but what does usually move me are things where, where other people get really emotional. I, I can usually handle the different stresses that seem to be coming to, to take my joy, but what does seem to like make it tough for me to experience joy is when, 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 when others are hurting. And so when a brother uh, in our church body sent me a, a link and was sharing with some of us about some of the statistics that are present as a result of the COVID-19, I was blown away. You all have already uh, been been aware because you may watch the news or been doing your own research, but the uh, numbers of deaths that specifically are in the African-American community uh, relating to the COVID epidemic are, are just staggering. I mean, uh, APM Research or the LA Times both give these stats, and you can see from the 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 graph there that uh, there's a, a a clear, large difference between the number of deaths between people of color, specifically black people and white people. And because our city is is 77% black, and our zip code, our 48214 zip code, is closer to 90% black. Um, the amount of pain, grief, the amount of hurt that is present in our community right now is, 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 is very, very, very real. And so this week, I, wanna, I wanted, actually I didn't want to, what happened was weeks ago when I was made aware of this statistic, the Lord started placing on my heart uh, a need to hear from his word so that we could be able to be cared for and be able to know how not only to enter into the rhythm of our community, which is one that is experiencing a good amount of grief, but also know how to be cared for as we grieve as well. Because maybe you are a person that was directly affected by COVID-19. But if not, maybe you are indirectly affected because someone that you love has been touched by it. Either way, God has a message for us 
so that we can be cared for and comforted in this season. If you will, please turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at the first chapter, just verses 3 through 11. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 11. And it reads, blessed be the father, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experience in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Many God's word. God does something interesting when he when he works through Paul to give us these words. He first starts by diving into the promise instead of getting into the problems. He first brings our attention, our focus to the promises instead of diving into the problems. Look at verse three. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort. This is a a, a indication of a relationship that started before the before before time started before the creation of this world. There was an intimate relationship between the father and son. This this relationship is one that that reminds us of a unity, of a bond, of a closeness that Jesus and God, the father experience a oneness. This relationship is key and the the fruit of this relationship is actually going to work its way through every other verse that's going to be present here. The reality of this relationship is that the father is the father of all mercies, mercies, mercies flow, mercy, extending uh, grace, mercy, uh, you not receiving what you should be receiving. Mercy is 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 a is a. Uh, 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 looking at what you should get and bypassing. 
It's, it's the ex- extension of, of grace. It's this, this coupling together where there's, to a degree, this, this safety net that's working with you and working around you. Mercy, mercy. Mercy is tough for us to fathom. It's tough for us to receive because we like to be a people who work for what we get or earn what we get. Mercy says you can do nothing to receive these benefits. And so God, the father, it, it, it states the father, because whatever your definition of mercy is, it's founded, rooted and started in God. The, he's the originator, the creator, the, the one who all mercy flows out of. And so it, whatever you think mercy is, and I'm pretty sure you got a good understanding of it. It started with God. And so you might have your mind begin to to twiddle a little bit, because if, if I started to ask you all to listen, this chat, tell me how many different mercies have you experienced as you think back over your life? This chat starts getting kind of crazy. We start we start recalling when 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 God spared us from that car accident. We start recalling and and I and we have veterans in our church body. We start recalling when when other veterans are no longer with us and God spared you, whether it was you at war or whether it was you on some practice tactical missions. Accidents have happened and you are here. When when other people were being let go from the job, somehow God and his mercy kept you working. Or those times when you were getting the kids in the van and by God's mercy, no car was coming because one of the kids ran in the street trying to chase after mama. God's mercy is real. And and mercy flows from who God the father is. The ultimate mercy came. When in our sinful state, in a state where instead of choosing to reflect God, we chose to ignore and choose our own ways. Instead of choosing to look just like him, we chose to try to usurp our own power. Ultimate mercy came where instead of punishing us for living a way that was so foul. That so looked at God and 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 almost turned our noses up as if we knew better. Instead of that, God looks at us and says, yet while you are a sinner, I will die for you. The wrath that you should get, hold that at bay. That's the ultimate example of mercy, and it flows from God the Father. And so before we begin to jump into the problems, that I believe God's word answers and tries to care for. We got to know those promises that God is a God of mercy. God is a God of blessings. And you never have a person really argue with that too much. You don't. you may have people mad about some other aspects, but nobody says I'm so tired of getting all these blessings. So tired of God and his mercifulness. No. We, we get that. Our minds comprehend that. And so there's a third element that describes who God is. It also says that 
the father of mercies and the God of all. In verse three, comfort. He's the God of all comfort. And and, and what is this term comfort? Comfort means uh, you're called to one side to help. It's this nuance of actually the person who's called to one side to help is is has has great strength. It's used as a, as a term helper or it's used in, as a term of the Holy Spirit. If you if you can get in your mind. You don't have strength and you are weak, hunched over, needing help. And someone comes along and they come up under your arm, throw it over their shoulders, and they now walk with you. That's, that's the, the concept of what it means to be comforted. And God is the God of all comfort, saying that he will come and be with us. With us. And so people don't really argue over those things too much. Blessings, mercies, comforts. But what type of thing would lead you to begin to question if God was a God of all comfort? If he was a God of mercies and blessings, what would lead you to to question that? I think it's found in verse four. Who comforts us in all affliction. Who comforts us in all affliction. If you don't mind, I'm going to allow the rest of these texts to help us just understand verse four. We're going to try to jump from like eight to 11 to help us understand the first part of verse four, which says who comforts us in all affliction. And then we're going to come back and do uh, kind of five through seven uh, to be able to understand uh, the rest of verse four. Comforts us in all affliction. What is affliction? Affliction is trouble. Affliction is stress. Affliction is oppression. Affliction is Tribulation. And don't you let the world, don't you let these phony Christians out here, don't you let people put this stereotype upon you that if you are a Christian, you don't have afflictions. If you're a real Christian, you won't struggle. If you're a real Christian and you really prayed up, you won't experience any type of challenges that the world experiences. You won't experience anything because God's got you. You ain't got to tell them off. But you can go the other way. Tell them pastor said, I'm, my pastor told me I ain't listening to you. Walk away. Because that's just not true. It's just it's just a, it's not true. I, I was in seminary. And uh, in, in, in our class, he shared that it was cool for us to say this. I had a, a seminary professor uh, named Rod Cooper. Rod Cooper, um, black man, brilliant man. Uh, this gentleman uh, was a pastor. Uh, he was a licensed uh, psychologist, licensed clinician, um, taught counseling, taught counselors how to be counselors, uh, preached God's word, um, uh, 
Uh, there's a, a giant um, uh, men's initiative called Promise Keepers. He was the director of Promise Keepers. Um, he would give us tools to be able to learn how to preach the gospel. Encouraged thousands. And he shared with us that he deeply, deeply wrestled with depression. Here is a man teaching others how to deal with depression. Yet he deeply wrestled with it. Don't you believe that because you are God's chosen, that somehow nothing should happen to you? It's just not true. And it wasn't true for Paul here. Paul, like our brother Rod Cooper, shares a bit of some drama that took place. Look with me in verse eight. As he describes the the depths of this situation, he says, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experience in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Somebody say, I can relate. Somebody say, I had a bond with somebody that I love so much that to see them gone. Hurts. Hurts. And I'm not saying that I want to that I want to go do something to harm myself. But what I am saying is. If no longer be here, would take away this pain. It's a lot easier to understand why people go that route. The pain is real, so real that he despaired of life It. Self that these afflictions are real and people are experiencing them from a variety of standpoints. I remember uh, one of my brothers shared with me that this woman came and comforted him. It's the most interesting comfort that I had ever heard of, but he said it was powerful. Is a, a, a brother that was from the suburbs that moved into the city and he was leading a church ministry and lost one of his children. And, and, and this woman came to him and said, now you understand what many black mothers in the city go through as they've lost children to violence. To, to, and she wasn't trying to equate how they lost children. She was just trying to say, our, our, our pain is the same. Our pain is, is not, not the same, but I, but, I, but I can comfort you and know you because there's an aspect of what you've experienced as you lead us that you now connect with. And he told me that it it actually cared for him in a way that I could not have imagined. But he also told me of the the depths of pain that they went through. Affliction is real. It it, it has a way of grabbing us. But but he says something in verse nine. that, That shifts 
the effects of affliction a bit. He says, indeed, we felt that we had received the death sentence and we don't know exactly what Paul's affliction was. We don't know if he was in jail and that a judge said, I'm, I'm having y'all go to the guillotine tomorrow. Y'all will be uh, crucified. Like We don't know uh, what, what, what it actually was. But, but it says in verse 9, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Interesting. It's interesting how something so powerful, something so painful can strip away whatever fake crutches we've built that allow us to rely on ourselves. Affliction has an interesting way of exposing whatever it is that used to help us cope, that used to help us manage, that used to help us uh, uh, mitigate the pain. Like, no, affliction will strip away all that. And you have, you have but one to rely on. And it's God. And it is exactly what he wants. I've heard pastors preaching that 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 uh, God is sending COVID to go and judge people right now and all of these interesting things. And I'm I don't like to to talk about what other people say. What I'll say is I believe God is not using COVID as a tool to go and hurt you and hurt you and hurt you. I believe that God is responding and using this situation, though, for his glory. So as we live in a broken world, a world that is crying out for God to return and set everything at peace from tornadoes to hunger, as we are crying out and longing for everything to be at peace, God does intervene. He does step in and say, man, as this has hurt you, I will still allow it to grow you. I will still allow it to to be something that I use as a tool for you to rely on me and me alone. Paul speaks of it. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why we see in the book of Matthew chapter five, verse four, it just says, blessed are those who mourn. Maybe it's because in our mourning, we are led to rely on God and God alone. Verse 10, it says, he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him. We have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted to us through the prayers of many. Through the prayers of many. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by family in order to understand comfort. We've got to rely 
fully on God, knowing that he's a God that is merciful, knowing that he's a God that extends blessings, knowing that he is a God that is all comforting. What is all comforting? It's interesting that he didn't just say comfort. He says all comforting because each of us have different afflictions. Some are are dealing with the passing of people from COVID. Some of us are dealing with not being able to provide because COVID has stopped our income. Some of us are dealing with trying to 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 be in a spot where we were going to take care of some business and deal with something. And and now look at us. I was just about to get my car fixed or I was just about to pay that bill or I was just about to. And now we're in a state of of limbo. Afflictions are coming. They're real. And God says, I am with you. As you are struggling here, let me comfort you. Let me come and lift you up. Let me be with you as you rely fully on me. Know that I have the strength to carry you. But see, you can't give that type of comfort if you don't first get it. We get our comfort from God who is merciful, who wants to carry us. Even in the worst of situations. Even in the worst of situations. There's a comfort that God has that's for you but it does not end with you. Continue with me in verse four. It says, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. This is one of those times where uh, what you have gone through, no one would sign you up for, but since you went through it, God will use it. Notice that, that um, let me see exactly where I'm at so I can get this right. Verse five. We're going to read five through seven. He says in verse five, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort, too. Sorry, I got to there's a word that's a connector that 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 we'll jump over real quick if I just keep reading and then keep busting stuff out. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so around Christ, so because of Christ, so enabled by Christ. No, so through Christ. Do do you see that 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 now this Jesus is the conduit by which other people are cared for, but also a conduit is is the channel by which you see it moving through. Jesus is the conduit by which comfort is moved to go and reach people. Jesus is going to use you. But but a minute ago, pain was the conduit 
by which God used to help equip you to love someone else, to comfort someone else, to lift someone, someone else up. We don't wish pain and affliction upon people. We don't we don't desire that someone experience the wrath of God. We don't just no. we don't. These aren't things that we don't desire that in a broken world, people would would have to tangibly feel the weight of brokenness. But God will use it. God will 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 take it and say, ah, yet another opportunity for me to glorify Christ. Ah, yet another opportunity for me to show my son, to show my daughter that I was with them because now look at me using them. Hallelujah. Verse six, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Yeah. Yeah. You see, this is one of those things where now as the believer who's gone through something, we are encouraged by God to take what we've gone through and allow it to bless someone else. You didn't go through your pain for someone else. God didn't sign you up for that. But because you went through it, God's going to use it. God's going to use it. I, I never forget um, a, a visual example of this for me. A man who I uh, respect greatly and, and love dearly is my Uncle Paul. And uh, we were, and I've, I've been blessed to have two grandmothers that um, watched me grow. But my mother's mother um, was had a, a large influence on my life because I spent a good amount of time with her. And so as we are all at the hospital as a family, um, I, I, I had been back and forth a lot and I had been uh, um, caring for her by her bedside. And I, I don't remember what happened. But somehow we all are there at the hospital bed and uh, somebody said something. Or maybe my grandmother blinked or I don't know. It was something small. I just lost it. I, I ran for the hallway, found the stairwell, hit the steps. And my uncle came out and he just said, yeah, I know. And he just held me on the steps. We didn't say a whole lot. What, what wasn't a whole lot of words. But in that moment, his 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 comforting him, him holding me up, him being there as a strong support to me. Got me through. And I and I never I couldn't I couldn't imagine anything beyond the pain that I was in during that moment. It's all I could see. And if I could 
could have imagined now as, as we would have celebrated her birthday just a couple days ago. If I would have imagined now that God would have me in a place where I could sit across the table from families, from people as they lose one, lose ones that they love. And somehow God uses that experience for me to help others. I couldn't, I couldn't have imagined it. I couldn't have imagined it. You see, God is using what we go through to say Christ is going to still work through that, through you to be a blessing to someone else. But first, you got to get it yourself. You got to rely on him and him alone. And I know that that might be tough for some of us. Might be painful. See, he, he sends his people. And so now one of the things that I want to make sure we get it spiritually, but we also get it practically is some of the ways in which people respond. Because I, I, I tell you, if if while I was sitting on those steps, a nurse came out and was like, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you've been through. I went through that before. Would have been some issues. You see, people, there's this woman named Elizabeth Cobbler Ross. She's a, a, um, she's in the world. She's not a Christian. I don't know her spiritual standpoint. Uh, she's written professionally from a secular standpoint. And uh, she's one of the like industry leaders that talks about grief, how people process pain. This thing that is healthy for us, this thing that is essential to us being able to deal with loss, to deal with afflictions. If you don't deal with that affliction, it will tear you up. It's a clear indication. If you haven't grieved, you're not relying on God. And so she says there's five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, Look, look, God, if you will just let them be okay, then I will do that, that, that. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. This was written decades ago, and many people still kind of flow with it. I'm not saying abide by it like it's Bible. What I'm saying to you is people are at different stages as they go through grief, and you have to be discerning of when to share what God has done with you, with them. How to share what God took you through with them. In the stage of anger, probably isn't the best time for you to come along and say, yeah, I know how you feel. And I'm, and I'm trying to equip a people that God is going to use to bless others. And I don't want your, your desire to bless someone to lead towards additional pain for them. So ask for discernment. Lord, where are they? Because most often in the stage of anger or the stage of denial, the person just needs you to. I got you. I'm listening. I'm here. When I'm in a stage of anger, I don't need your rational uh, responses to tell me why I shouldn't feel that way or why this or that. 
Just comfort me. Be with me. Help me. There's process. There's stages of grief. I might go into a stage of depression. Remind me of God's promises in that time. Maybe then is a time for you to start bringing in some of the depression that you went through. You see, God wants to use us, but he also wants the spirit to go before us and to give us wisdom. This ain't about us. It's about us loving the other person for the sake that they may be able to walk in Christ in a redemptive fashion someday. But today might be a day where they feel at their worst. Sister named Nancy Guthrie. Uh, she, she, she does a lot of teaching. Um, just, she's just tight. I've heard her on a couple of podcasts previous, but they were podcasts about like, um, teaching God's word about the Bible. But my wife pulled up this, this podcast where she shared, um, it's actually called hope plus help for grief care. Hope plus help for grief care with Nancy Guthrie. Uh, and if, if one of our tech team could throw that in the chat, uh, the link to that, that'd be great. Nancy Guthrie, it's, on, it's like an iTunes podcast, Hope and Help, or Hope Plus Help for Grief Care with Nancy Guthrie. She, she, she goes on to explain a few things to help us understand. This is a sister who is God-centered. I don't know about the Elizabeth woman. I know where Nancy stays. I know what she's rooted in. She's rooted in Christ, our Redeemer. The only one that gets us through any of this is our Lord. Why? Because we have a hope. We can believe that this situation will not always be. Hope is believing in something that you don't see, that you, it's like, it's like your faith. It's like, Lord, there's got to be. A, re- a relief. There's got to be a, a way that this, this pain can be for something more than just what I'm feeling right now. And so, hope. Nancy Guthrie, she says a few things. She gives some really cool, um, some really valuable lessons. She says, first off, Every situation of grief is awkward. And people feel even more hurt when you don't acknowledge them to save face because you don't want to enter into something that's awkward. I just lost my mother. I just lost my cousin. I just lost my job. My one of my children. Like, like, do you do you, do you realize that this is a time where I need you? Where, where as God is going to use this thing, I need you. And don't ignore me because of the awkwardness. She also says, don't ask questions out of curiosity. Don't don't start asking stuff because you're trying to find out the the minute details and the and and like 
things that will help you just make sure you can go tell someone else's story. You're not there to tell someone else's story. You're there to be a comfort. And if you ask a bunch of questions that are just for your information, what you're doing is making them relive the pain that they have been trying to deal with. You're bringing it all back to the forefront. And so let's be wise about the questions we ask. Ask questions that lead that person to 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 rejoice in 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 whatever it was, to rejoice in the the person that they love dearly who's no longer there. Ask questions that help that person reflect a little bit. Don't ask questions that lead them to have to dig back into the pain just because it 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 cares for your curiosity. Follow up. Say to this person, excuse me, because you know they're going to go through different stages, give them time to do so, but check in with people. You know that that there's a, a big push to be able to set up everything for the funeral. It takes Money, energy, coordinating, planning, even though we're in this COVID season, it takes a lot. And then you have the funeral take place and then a card. Maybe a call from a couple of people who couldn't make it. But week, two weeks later, follow up. Follow up. And this last point I want to leave with you came from from Nancy as 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 her and her husband. And you'll you'll hear on this podcast the 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 way God cared for her and her husband through a very challenging situation, but also the way God is using them. And one of the ways God is using them is they hold these retreats at the time of this podcast. They had held thirty nine retreats. Retreats for couples that had lost a child, lost a child through miscarriage, lost a child through a disease or sickness, lost a child through suicide. And Nancy said that she was surprised and the people in the room were surprised when she asked this one question. She said, how many people received a call from a family that you didn't know And now you are close friends or at least closer as a result of the affliction. Most of the people in the room got up. Crazy, right? You you would you would think that only the power of the people who already had this amazing bond would be what got someone through. But no. You see, stepping into that awkward Even if you are a total stranger, your use by God is not dependent upon your blackness, your coolness, your womanness, your manness, your educationness, your moneyness, or the extent of the depth of relationship. Christ says, move. Let me use you. I will work through you and take the pain that you experienced Because in that you relied on me. As painful as it was, you relied on me. And now I want to go and use you to care for someone else. 
someone that you maybe never thought I'd be connecting you with. That those relationships grew out of affliction. You see, when, when God uses us to comfort, there's no telling what he can do in the lives of people. True comfort can set us on a whole different trajectory. True comfort can help me get out of the stage of depression. True comfort can help me get out of the stage of anger. True comfort can strengthen me so that I can accept that even in the midst of the greatest pain, this God is still merciful, loving, and a blessing in my comfort. And so I I end things where I started things with verse three. If Jesus communicates this deep relationship with the father. The question at hand is, what is your relationship with God? What is your relationship with the father of all mercies? What is your relationship with the God of all comfort? Are you really trying to respond to pain and affliction alone? Out of your own strength? Are you really trying to use these fake devices when God wants you to rely on him and him alone and he will get you through? Our prayer is that today you will accept Christ as your Lord and Savior because he has extended the ultimate mercy to you by saying, I will die for you. I will care for you. I will demonstrate my love by seeing you experience God and bringing forth a relationship where you can enter the presence of God and be redeemed made new, cleansed from whatever wrongness, nastiness, sinfulness that was present, and now you are newly covered by Jesus's love or what we say Jesus's blood. And God looks and says, now that's that's my child. And I want to use my child to be a blessing in this world. Our hope is that you would Be walking with Jesus. And today you can accept Jesus into your heart. You can start anew. You can live that new life. Rely on God and God alone by praying this prayer. Repeat after me if you want to accept Christ. God, I believe in you. I know your son Jesus died for me. He died for my sins. My sins pushed me away from you. Today I accept Jesus into my heart and I'm drawn closer to you. I want to live for you and turn away from my past sins. In Jesus' name we shout. Hallelujah. You see that that type of prayer when it's sincere allows you to start anew, allows you to begin relying on God. But if you 
you are a person that already loves Jesus and you're, you're walking with Jesus, that was our call to salvation, a, a call to live for God. But my call to sanctification, my call to live like God is what does the fruit of your relationship look like with this God, with your father, with the one who is all merciful? My prayer is that you don't wait until you are in the midst of affliction to begin to rely on him. Don't wait until then. Draw close now. While we have the opportunity, depend on him now, seek him now, rejoice in his blessings and his mercies now. Build up your muscle of relying on him and him alone now. And I ask, are there any things that's hindering you from that? <coughs> Excuse me. Is there anything that is, is quenching or hindering your ability to rely on God and God alone? If so. Crucify that thing. Help by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let your flesh die to self daily and begin to take that out of your normal rhythm, your normal pattern. Our hope is that you would live a sanctified life, thriving and relying on Christ and Christ alone. God gives us comfort, but it's so, and he uses it so that we can comfort others in the midst of pain and affliction. Let us pray. God, you are our our everything, and we want to submit to your ways. But Father, when we get hit with tough times, it, it, it hurts. And Lord, as your people, we cry out to you, Father, Father, help us. We are not immune to pain. But we are thankful that you say you will never leave us or forsake us, that you will be with us. You will walk with us. You will comfort us in the midst of it. We are grateful for that reality. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.